This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. In this episode, I'm thrilled to introduce my dear, dear sister, Shelly Tantau. Shelly is a nurse practitioner extraordinaire, a coach who guides healthcare workers to heal through deeply nourishing, holistic healing practices. She is a healer of healers. In this episode, we're going to be talking about all kinds of exciting things, Shelly's experience working within healthcare and helping others face their fears around leaving the system or finding healing within the system, the healing power of meeting grief and healing with grief and walking in the world with grief, the blessings of finding community with other women who are pursuing the spiritual and the sacred and what that looks like, and also the role of masculine and feminine leadership in our world. Let's get this exciting conversation started. The first step to honoring grief is to own it and not avoid it, not be like, oh, we don't do grief or I'm not feeling grief. And, mm-hmm. and to really you know, celebrate and honor the relationship that brought you to the grief. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and we feel grief for death, but we also grieve losing ideas of things. Yes. And relationships that maybe didn't end in death, but are ended, you know, for good and sometimes for bad, but to heal, you need to identify that you are grieving, Mm -hmm. allow that. And, you know, you've heard me say, I believe that grief is not a solo experience. You experience all of your feelings, even while you're in the deepest depths of your grief. Mm -hmm. So it's okay when you're deep in your grief to laugh. Yes. To have joy. And so one of the things that certainly has educated my grief experience and journey is that working in critical care And witnessing so many experiences of grief on some very, some people thrown suddenly into grief, some people dragged kicking and screaming into grief and others really, you know, knowing it's, this is the journey we're on and this is what's happening and, and being very accepting and to see that whole range and have the honor and privilege of holding people while they experience all those things has really educated me on grief and losing Jennifer. It'll be five years in March really set me on my journey to find myself, identify more with who I was put on this world to be. Yes. Identify with the sacred feminine 
say all the swear words all the time out loud without mm-hmm. giving a flying fuck what anybody cared about because like Mary Oliver says, what are you going to do with this one precious life? Connected to her death and your grief. And then this opening, it sounds like it almost caused you to redefine who you are. It did, but it's been a journey. It wasn't an overnight because initially what, when Jen was killed, my instinct was to do things that she would be doing to make me feel closer to her memory. Mm -hmm. Like she was an avid runner and she ran in a lot of races, giants, you know, baseball sponsored races and marathons and tough mutters. And so I spent about eight to 10 months pretending that that was something that I really wanted to enjoy and realized, no, I love running when I'm fit and I can run without pain, but competing with other people in any arena that requires me to get from one place to another, well, clock, yeah, that's just not me. So that was one of the first lessons is when you lose something, you don't need to try to fill that void by putting that person or thing more in your life. You need to live into that void In the best way you can. And so about a month after Jen died, I started with my first coach. Okay. And I had been in therapy for years. I had had a great therapist. I'd had a few therapists that were not fantastic. One that was great. And then I found a coach. And at first I was like, life coach is a life coach, right? (laughs) And, And Lacey was... You know, I mean, she is about soul work and really helped me break through that initial like, foray into what is the meaning of life? Because we could die at any minute. Clearly. Yes. Yes. And, and Jen was the perfect example of living your vibrant life out loud, doing your work. And so she was a great muse if you will, to kind of hold. And she is a, I don't say spirit guide to appropriate it from indigenous cultures that have a deeper meaning to that. But as a spirit in this world, she guides me. What a beautiful honoring that you've been able to do these past five years to now be coming back to stepping into your own work. Yes. And I believe that she has helped to push and guide me to where I am now, which is even a year and a half ago, I had a conversation with my coach who is a liberation coach. And I've been working with her for over a year, a year and a half at that point around liberation and racism and patriarchy and all of those things. But I remember saying to her, I'm not really woo woo you know, that whole like woo stuff. I don't really relate to that. And it's the ability to stay open to experiences that life hands you. Beautiful. Is I think one of the most sacred feminine things that we have is more about that because you've already listed several sacred feminine concepts, right? Let's move with that one. Staying open. Staying open and really 
just trusting that the lessons and experiences that are coming to you are for you to learn and grow from and not closed mind patriarchal, well, this is the way things are, and this is the way things will be, and we're going to do it because that's how we've always done it. And I feel like the sacred feminine is much more asking the universe, how are we going to do this best and trusting in the lesson? Beautiful. So life is being lived through. Yes. And not just, I feel like patriarchy is so siloed. Mm -hmm. And I think probably any business structure in the world right now would say, you know, we're so disconnected because they're in this silo over here and we're in the silo over here and we work for the same company, but we're not on the same page. Whereas sacred feminine is not siloed. It's gathered around a circle and we keep using the the term honored, but it's honoring what is happening, what is offered and not being pigeonholed into the past. Okay. Share a little bit about your work and also the work you're moving into and how this idea of bringing in the sacred feminine as an open, living, breathing, interconnected approach or philosophy would help heal these these systems and also the business that you're moving into. Maybe define a little bit about your work, what you're moving to, how this is an underlying philosophy, because I think it really is in your work. To what you're trying to heal and what and what you're seeing, what you're seeing the need for. So backstory, I have been a nurse and the nurse practitioner for 17, going on 18 years, almost all of it in critical care. And my calling, and I was clear on this before I even stepped in, was to be with people at their most vulnerable. Mm. And help make their journey better, whatever journey it may be, be it towards healing your body and living a full life or dying, whatever that journey was, just to make it better for them. One of my superpowers is being present with people, Yes, which I believe is a deeply sacred feminine trait, but When I started as a critical care nurse, I I wouldn't have known to call it that. But medicine is a very structured system. Nursing is very female dominated, but I don't know how matriarchal it is. It's still very structured and siloed as well. But what I learned very quickly was being present with my patients and their family was as important as any prescribed medicine or treatment. Amen. And my one of my coworkers once said to me, she's like, you're a bed sitter. And I said, I don't know what that means. She's like, you're the kind of nurse that goes in and sits down on the patient's bed and talks to him. I was like, do we not all do that? No, we don't. It's like, how do you heal without it? <laughs> and, and it's funny because I'm wearing, I am not for everyone t-shirt today. And I am not for everybody. And people in my day-to-day life will react to me in different ways. And certainly I can't say that people just that I meet in the day-to-day that 99% of them respond positively to me. But I can say that in the hospital, in my interactions with patients and family, 99% of my interactions are positive. Mm -hmm. And it's just that 
when you shut out all the noise of the shoulds and the you have this much time and you need to do this by this time and we don't do it that way Mm -hmm. or this is the way we've always done it. If you shut all that out and, and I'm not saying break laws, but if you honor the person, the individual, the being that you're treating Mm -hmm. more than the treatment, Mm. A, your patient will benefit significantly, but you won't experience the same amount of burnout and toxicity because you will have the knowledge that you're doing the best. Mm -hmm. And that takes some some luxury of time, Mm -hmm. which we don't always have. So some days you don't have that. But this last week, for instance, I had a gentleman who would have benefited greatly from going from the hospital into a rehab facility. Okay. So this is the prescribed path out of the hospital, but his wife has Alzheimer's Mm. and his mind is very, I mean, every time he spoke about her, he burst into tears. So setting him up at home with home health and physical therapy might not have been the fastest, most benefit to him, mm-hmm. the most expeditious route to him getting better, but his soul yes. needed, needed to be at home with her. Yes. And I had a morning where I did a little TikTok about this. I had the gift of time. I, we had a lighter patient load than normal. I had a few less patients on my list and I was able to spend an hour with him just talking and knowing that he understood Mm. the cost benefit physically Mm -hmm. and that I understood the cost benefit emotionally and spiritually for him. And then was able to get his daughter, you know, we all came together and agreed and, and got him on this path, but it was the healthcare system today is not designed for that. It is really describing a holistic solution. But for his family and the environment, holistic solution, which Mm -hmm. if you look at statistics, Mm -hmm. wouldn't be the first thing that somebody might prescribe if it was just about him Mm -hmm. walking more than 17 steps with his walker. But holistically, it was by far the best Mm -hmm. path forward. Okay. So that's the view versus the open view, the more traditional structure versus yes this holistic place with this underpinning of love compassion love and compassion i mean there's strategy too right it's not just yes we're talking about these deep practices of the sacred feminine but it's also quite strategic because i'm imagining that benefit there's more to that than just a measurable outcome absolutely and i believe that the sacred feminine is capable of very powerful strategy. Exactly. That's why I'm bringing it up. Cause yes. that moment to me is like, yes, the sacred feminine allows for that flow of really the holistic approach versus a very structured strategy that is dictated by somebody up here. And I believe that so much of the decision-making in healthcare is based on what insurance companies are going to take care of and not getting sued. Correct. 
And because of this, the system is irreparably broken. Mm-hmm. Every day I hear more from colleagues and even people that I don't know how much worse it gets mm-hmm. weekly. It's just compounding. It's not, nobody is coming out of their silo right. and saying, well, I mean, some people are, but their voices are not yet equivalent to the insurance companies or our very litigious society. And also, it's very hard to heal people from a damaged and broken place. Absolutely. So tell us your ideas, what your new ideas are and what you're working on in your new business. So as a coach, Mm -hmm. I feel that my first priority is to help heal the healers. Okay. You're a coach of healers. I'm a coach of healers and to help people on their journey, whatever it may be. Everybody who is in healthcare at every level is experiencing burnout and trauma. Yes. That can't help but directly affect our work product. Of course. So immediate thing that I'm doing is offering a mastermind. I'm calling it a mini mastermind because I'm trying to keep the group small so we can have meaningful interaction. That's not 50 people on a zoom screen Mm -hmm. where people from healthcare can come together. And as I say it, have a meltdown. So collective scream, you know, if your family is at home, you don't want to hear them (laughs) into the pillow, into a pillow, tell your story. And some people are more willing to say things at the start than others, because it's not always a group of people that you know and trust, but the agreement is that that container is like Las Vegas. What happens there stays there. (laughs) Um, And in telling stories, that trauma will start to be at least identified and start to be healed. And then because we know that Stress moves through the body with movement and laughter. Yes. Then we dance it out at the end, which leads to both movement and laughter. Because even if people choose to take themselves off of the Zoom screen, I'm there and they can laugh at me because (laughs) I dance it out. Because it's really a very quick way to reset. Absolutely. And I had a friend last week who was having, she was just having a really bad day and she texted and she was having the worst day. I set out to do this and this is what happened. And I said, I don't want you to think this sounds glib, but can you have a five minute dance party? Yes. And she said, absolutely. And then she did it. And I was like, did it help? She's like, it changed the whole day. Right. Five minutes. She danced in her car. This is back right to our bodies. It also helps to move those stressors through. So what I do is I have kind of a playlist of songs that no matter where in the playlist it comes on, one of those songs is going to get me up and moving. Or even if I'm sitting in a chair, Mm -hmm. it it can't help but snap you into that. Oh, I'm dancing and then feeling joy in the body. Joy, not in that toxic positivity way where everything is rainbows and unicorns and sunflowers. No, because life is lifing and it's hard right now. 
reminds me of what you said about grief. We can be in grief and joy. Exactly. We can dance it out and be in the burnout. We can have absolutely existing. Okay. Because everybody who's in healthcare right now is grieving. Absolutely. The system that they used to be in, the care that they wish they could be giving people. So powerful. The relationships that they need to have with their coworkers, the 200% of nurses and bedside staff that have left. We are grieving relationships that we've lost. It is deep grief. And then one of the things that I think is very true for healthcare workers is that to us, trauma is a car accident. Mm-hmm. Trauma is somebody who's physically broken. Right. We're trained like, hey, there's a trauma alert. What's coming in? It's going to be bloody. It's a level one. It's a level two. We aren't trained about trauma mm-hmm. and the trauma responses that we develop <laughs> to deal with trauma. And so just educating people. And of course, not just healthcare, but all people that trauma is not necessarily a tree falling on you. It's our response to what's happening. It's your response to what's happening. And if you're somebody who was literally mocked on the playground for being in a larger body, if somebody makes a comment about your body or anyone else's, mm-hmm. And you feel something in your body and you don't know why learning that it's trauma is incredibly liberating Absolutely, and opens you to the healing that we're talking about. And I don't know where the sacred feminine comes into, you know, for me, that's just a mama bear should be like, don't you fucking talk about my people that way. The, the system that we live in is ingrained in us, indoctrinated in us certain ways. Yes. And we've touched on, you know, sacred feminine versus patriarchy, but we have been trained to work, be productive, work through pain, mm-hmm. deny feelings, do things the way that we've always done them. And so that's, you know, just a short list of things that I think that sacred feminine is sweeping off of the table. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like in your model, it means bringing out these healers out of the system to heal them so that they're more resource, more abundant, more open. They have more capacity for that presence that you talked about. Yes. And so that they can go back in and serve from this more holistic healed place from a healed place so that this sounds like good common sense. I love your message because it's like, it's simple in order for the healers to do their job. They must receive this deep resourcing and healing. It's almost like what a good mother needs, right? To be able to care for a baby. We have have to be resourced and to be able to carry that child through its entire life journey. A mother has to be deeply resourced. It's the same. That is like the sacred feminine. Absolutely. So how do we empower this nurturing caregiving in a way that it's not depleting, but is actually empowering to the healer and to those they're healing and ultimately to the system is kind of what I'm hearing you say. 
ultimately to the system. So here's, here's one of the ways that I've kind Mm -hmm. of looked at the system that I work in as a healthcare provider, instead of working full time to get benefits, I work per diem and pay my own benefits. And I'm talking about healthcare, although I'm sure a lot of industries you could do this in as well. In healthcare right now, everyone's short staffed. So there's no shortage of shifts available. So I can work as much as I want, but I am completely in control of my time and my decisions about when to work. And the freedom of that and the ability to self-regulate, I can take the space to do that, sets me up to be healthier and more healed. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that this is one of the answers to the broken systems that people are working in right now. Well, because that is power. Being resourced means being able in our physical bodies, our emotions and our minds to hold power, right? And I think for me, so much of my journey has been remembering who I am and I'm supposed to be. Mm, Let's talk about that one. So give us some examples of five-year-old, five-year-old Shelly, five-year-old Shelly, loud, Mm -hmm. just boisterous, joyful, silly, smart, outspoken, unafraid. And then you come into contact with people who, and this is, you know, my, conditioning. as we's my coach says, we all swim in the waters of white supremacy and patriarchy. We don't, we can't even recognize it. We're swimming here. Mm-hmm. And so I don't fault my parents for not recognizing what they were doing because they're in it. The awareness wasn't there, but be quiet. Mm. You know, be quiet, take up less space, Nice. Uh, respect your elders. Not that I didn't, but you know, it was more like be small, be quiet. Don't mm. be the you that you are. Mm-hmm. And my mom used to say, and she still does. She used to describe me from that line from Sound of Music. How do you hold a moonbeam in your hands? I love that. That's beautiful. And my coach, Kim, was great because she said, so you were, how do you hold a moonbeam in your hands? And you were made to be, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Amazing. That's a beautiful analogy. And of course, it's not just your fan. I mean, we're talking about. It's everybody. It's society. And 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 then, of course, it, it became. Your, your body is larger than is acceptable. And all of the shaming mm-hmm. that gets put on people in larger bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and so then you fit yourself, you try and squeeze yourself into this box that society says is what you're supposed to live in. Mm-hmm. And you forget who you are and how expansive you need to be in this world. And I am not just talking about me, but that is me. I was put on this earth to take up space. Yes, absolutely. And to be large and loud mm. and bring joy into dark places. Beautiful mission. While walking through them with you, because I fully recognize that there is darkness mm. 
that is pierced by light. And sometimes the light is more present and sometimes the darkness is more present, but you can't remember who you came here to be in that box of patriarchy and misogyny and that society that we were all indoctrinated into. You need to find a way to bust out of it. For me, it took my friend being murdered. Mm. Yes. And if I can help one person leap into their full being, Mm. then I have accomplished my Mm. greatest work. But my desire is to help many people heal, not just their bodies, but their souls. So what happens when we all start to remember? dance party <laughs> everybody 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 i <laughs> love it <laughs> so do you feel that happening at a collective level because i know you and i know this you and i are in this deeply steeped in trying to remember who we are you know in this lifetime and we could even look deeper at our other soul lifetimes and also what are we remembering as sacred women right? Why is it important that we're remembering now? And do you feel that people are remembering? And what is significant about that in terms of the times that we're in? I believe that people are remembering. Mm -hmm. And when you get on the path of this journey, Mm -hmm. you start to find the other people who are in the remembering. And as an introvert, as an extroverted introvert, <laughs> I've been very, very comfortable being alone and not having a lot of in-person friends. Mm-hmm. And I believe that true, deep, sacred friendship mm. is something that you cultivate. You're not going to find it in 60 people in your community. Correct. And the amazing friendships the amazing circle that I have gained and developed over the last five years is it's awe-inspiring and everybody is doing deep soul work Mm -hmm. and everybody is trying to figure out what, you know, what their work in the world is. We don't have the answers, but we have some of the answers and certainly we have each other in our circles to you know, walk the path together. But in the last two weeks, I have had, (laughs) I've reached out more to my people who are nowhere near me. Your soul connection. My soul connections, my my real circle. Mm -hmm. And I found myself really sitting with that and thinking, this is so amazing because your people are out there. But you may need to remember who you are before you find them. Let's just slow down because this is, I think, so important. Taking the time. This is sacred feminine leadership, right? Taking the time to go in, do the hard work or sometimes easy work of remembering who we are so that we can then bring that into the world in a way that others resonate or see and want to gather under that tree of our remembering, and then we can join together with others. It's very organic. 
this leadership style that we're talking about. I mean, you're mentioning circles and support systems and remembering and living from the void and incorporating grief and incorporating dance. The picture that you're painting is of a celebration of all aspects of the beautiful parts of life and the more challenging, the shadow aspects, but in community, deeply connected, right? Root system, open, bearing fruit, right? It's a beautiful picture that you're painting for us, right? So how does, in your experience or your way of seeing this, how does the sacred masculine or how does sacred union between, let's start with the sacred masculine. How do you see the sacred masculine participating with this, if you do? And how do you see this healing or remembering of our sacred feminine, who we were before patriarchy, really, is what we're talking about, right? How do you see that aligning with or working with the masculine? Well, I believe that, and now we're talking about nebulous, sacred masculine, sacred feminine, not individuals. Right, Right. the healthy masculine. Healthy masculine and healthy feminine are equals. Mm -hmm. And they share power and strength and weaknesses and the it's not it's not an us versus them it's not a competition it's a community it's a mm, I love that union word. yes i think it's really important when we talk about the sacred feminine that we and especially a sacred feminine leader that it isn't alienating to the masculine that is also deeply healed when we return right and it this goes back to your system right as you're talking about a system where the patriarchal structures have played a role in creating this toxic masculinity, if you will, right? And you're talking about restoring the sacred feminine to come back into that, to bring it into deep balance. So it's like system to interpersonal. We all have this inside of ourselves, right? Absolutely. And I really want to make sure that all these conversations include this bigger view, because my experience is men want this too. And that's it. So we cannot confuse the sacred masculine with patriarch. Anyone who is willing and able to look at themselves, to do the work, to remember who they are here to be, has a place in this circle. Mm -hmm. It's the people who are stuck Mm -hmm. in these antiquated, fabricated structures that are collapsing, that are collapsing, that can't see outside of that, that can't learn new ways and be open to new ways. They're the problem. And those are both male and female beings. Mm-hmm. But people who are willing to be open and look inside mm-hmm. are the people who are going to change this mm. yes. and lead us forward. And are you finding? those people in all areas of your life? You're mentioning your sacred circles, but it sounds like you're also connecting with these people in your work environment enough to bring people out to want to do the healing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Awakening. Yeah. And it's, it's slow. I find with healthcare because it's almost as if they're so, they're so deep in the mire Mm -hmm. that they just don't even have time to think about seeing outside of it. 
or if I start to look outside of it, then I'll have to leave this, I think is, is, so there's a lot of fear and that goes for anybody. I think that's in the business world. That's fear about looking internally and doing this work, but I'm here to stand witness that, you know, fuck the fears. Your whole life is waiting for you just Mm -hmm. beyond the fear. Mm -hmm. Can you share a moment where you were able to work with fear and step over that threshold that you just (laughs) me the pink tutu holding a microphone Um, all that moment (laughs) so um, I I think that's really powerful what you're saying and so so long story short as a person in, in a larger body who has most of their life been made to feel shame around just showing up in my physical being there's so much fear about being visible being seen. One of the things that I have realized in doing this deep inner work in community with other people doing this deep work is people are going to judge you no matter what you do, no matter what body you show up in, no matter what words you say, there's always going to be somebody who has something to say about it. Are you going to waste your energy worrying about what that person who you don't even care about is thinking about you? Mm -hmm. or when you are not for everybody, (laughs) love it. Are you going to trust that Mm -hmm. when somebody shows up and points out that you're not for everybody, that your circle has your back? There's so much in this. Everything you're saying comes back to the need for this community, this root system with other women in this case, who are holding you in your remembering. Like that's such a deep part of this. But if you are in a romantic relationship with a male, that person needs to be in this circle too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the world's going to come for you. Be it just like, you're having a shitty day. My car broke. I, you know, I ran into a fence pole. Something's bad. You, You having a circle that helps to hold you when you're just don't have enough resource to do it yourself. That's where the sacred feminine is really, you know, on a global level to build that root system that's going to hold you. So beautiful. And that's what I've really discovered is I still am terrified to stand up in front of people and have them judge me. But I also know I don't care. It's okay. I mean, really like the fear is coming from a, such an old place that when asked to (laughs) talk about, you know, what my work has done for me, I put on a giant pink fluffy tutu spun in circles and held a microphone and said, I hate being visible, but here I am being the most visible person in this tiny room right now. And I'm okay. It didn't kill me. Yes. I'm still here. In fact, Mm. it's lighting up other people. Right. So your fear, that little fear that you're tripping over Mm -hmm. isn't just stopping you. It may be stopping everybody else that you're here to hold. I love this example because, you know, I'm playing with the idea of what leadership really means. 
in this new way, right? And, you know, we can be leaders in so many places. We can be leaders on the sidewalk. We can be leaders at the checkout counter with the grocery store clerk. We can be leaders in our work. But leading in this example is perfect. It's like being willing to be your full self and meet the fears and all the gremlins and the inner critics and all the should be's, would be's, all of the conditioning and being willing to align with the self and step out and give voice and show up. And this is a really different idea of leadership, right? Because it's really being inner aligned, right? It's being aligned with the things that most matter and going up against this conditioning that says we're not allowed to be that because to be that is a really powerful thing. Right. Okay. And so to me, sacred feminine leadership is like this deep alignment with the earth, with ourself, with the cosmos, with one another, and being able to stand in that long enough to like regain our sense of who we are and show up so that others can see it. Right. It's a very different leadership. It's a leadership that is founded in trusting that other people bring as much to the table. There's no, like this person at this level doesn't bring more to the table. So the secretary brings as much to the table as the CEO. Absolutely. And that to me is so fundamental in leadership versus management. You can be a manager. Daughtering the individual gifts. And not be a leader. Mm -hmm. And you can be a leader and not be a manager. True. But you cannot truly lead people if you don't believe that they inherently have the same value to the world that you do, that you have something to learn from them, that they have a huge benefit that they bring to whatever table you're sitting at. So it's seeing the value in everyone and honoring the gifts of everyone and allowing those to leave the tapestry of this, whatever's coming next. Yes. That's a beautiful vision of sacred leadership. Okay. Anything else on that? I mean, we were just touching the surface, but we're getting close to the end of our hour. I'm wondering if there's any, we could talk for a whole day, Um, (laughs) a year, even Um, anything else that feels important that you want to bring forward. I think the most important thing is that for people who might be listening to this Mm -hmm. to really know and accept that this is a journey that anyone can take. It's for everyone. It's not exclusive. Um, it's like I've been toying with this idea of indulgence versus abundance hmm. because a lot of people are talking about abundance and it looks a lot like indulgence. It sure does. And other people are talking about abundance in a way that feels like fulfillment and abundance. <laughs> and so I, I just, it's that don't, I guess my advice would be pay very close attention to your own feels mm-hmm. and trust your deep wisdom because it's in there. You may have to scratch at the surface a little, but don't be afraid to do it. This is for everybody and it's so worth it. And is there a way that people can find you about you and your work? <laughs> So I am uh, Shelly Tanta. I am a nurse practitioner, acute care nurse practitioner and coach. My primary coaching is for healthcare workers, be it nurses, respiratory therapists, CNAs, physicians. But I also 
do grief coaching and what I call clarity coaching, which is just kind of this. Mm-hmm. I have no fucking idea what I'm here for. Help. And, <laughs> right. Um, Everyone. It's, it's amazing what other people can see that's right in front of you that you can't always see yourself. And I am at ShellyTantaw.com. And my group that I have for healthcare workers is called the support group. And we run four weeks, four consecutive Tuesdays, starting the first Tuesday of each month. It's a short hour to an hour and a half, trying to keep the groups at 12 to 14 people. So I add more groups if there's more people. And that is also available through my website. Right. And we'll include that in the notes too. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been our fun first. Oh call. my gosh. This is, I, <laughs> I can't wait for more. We'll have to have let's, a do this. let's do this all the time. I'm going to say we need a follow-up conversation because I feel like we're just getting, yeah. scratching the surface on this. Well, and, and for both of us in this media, it's yeah. our first kind of like, okay, what, oh, let, let's pull up that thread. Okay. Right. Let's pull up that thread. And, and so to come back, maybe even in a couple months and see where the threads have led. Love to. Thank you so much for your time. Gosh, love you so much. Ancient voices spill the secrets. That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, We are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you. Oh